Welcome to Granite State Golfers with Micah. I'm an avid amateur golfer in New Hampshire. This podcast dives into the stories of the top amateur golfers in my home state. We are about to tee off. Please join me. This episode features Ryan Kohler, who is fresh off a big win this month capturing the Stroke Play Championship. Ryan's golf story is quite remarkable, and if you have heard some of the prior episodes of this show, you will quickly hear why. When he picked up the game, he threw himself into the deep end and hit thousands of balls, including in the wintertime. The result, at least to me and I think most golfers who have been trying to get better for years, was a remarkably fast progression into becoming one of the top players in New Hampshire. Ryan will be defending the Mid-Am in early October, an event he has won the past two years. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Well, Ryan, welcome to Granite State Golfers, and thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Let's just start with where you grew up and what sports and activities did you play when you were a kid? Yeah, sure. Um, I grew up in Elstead, New Hampshire, um, a little outside of Keene. Um, you know, probably a little different than some of your guests. I did not, you know, grow up playing golf. Um, I was a baseball guy, you know, kind of all growing up and um, played through college and eventually picked up the game um, once I graduated. Okay. And I was doing a little reading and and I think that is a marked difference from, I think, all of the guests I've had on the show so far. I think they, one thing I was noting in their stories and upbringing around golf is they started pretty young, played on a high school team, played uh, played on often most of them played on a college team. It sounds like baseball was a big part uh, for you through high school and in college, but golf really was not a, a, th- a big part of your life, if at all, when you were, say, in high school. Yeah, no, it wasn't on my radar at all. Um, you know, I, I'm sure looking back, I was probably a, a Tiger Woods fan. I, I certainly, um, you know, was when I got into golf. But but no, I mean, baseball kind of dominated my my sports. Uh, you know, I played soccer growing up until high school. But um, from there, I was generally on, you know, several teams at a time in the summer. And then I'd, you know, play some fall baseball. Um, but it, it was also, you know, partly due to no high school uh, golf team. I went to a small high school in Fall Mountain. Um, they since created a golf program, which is great to, to get some, um, you know, youth into the game. Um, you know, I, I like to think that that maybe I would have gotten into golf if if they had a program um, at that time. But no, it, it was not um, on my radar at all. Um, and then I, I graduated from Keene State um, and I, I tried playing some men's league wooden bat, you know, baseball. Um, and at that same time, I, I got into golf with some some friends and we'd play Hooper. And just fell in love with the game, got totally hooked. Um, you know, and a few years later, I, I called the the adult baseball thing. Um, <laughs> that, that was over and, and just kind of shifted that focus into golf. Um, and, you know, it's safe to say I've been pretty obsessed ever since. Yeah. When you picked up golf and really got the bug, did you just start figuring it out on your own? Or did you hook up with a pro to take lessons? Or how did you approach it in those early years? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, no, I, I've actually never had a lesson. You know, it's all just kind of figuring it out on my own. Um, you know, I, I had some really good friends, still are, um, that that got in the game at the same time that I did. And, you know, we were all at a similar ability level. 
you know, the goal was generally bogey golf, try to try to shoot 90, that kind of a thing. And and, and I distinctly remember being just being frustrated by the game, you know, that that it didn't did not come easily. And I wanted to be good. Um, you know, I wanted to to beat those guys. Um, you know, I've always been very competitive by nature. It just wasn't happening. So I, I kind of dedicated myself to it for a lack of a better term. And and that kind of was after that first summer of playing, I spent that whole through the winter even, you know, just I was one of those annoying guys reading the golf digest and, and giving you a tip every other round. <laughs> you know, this is no, this is how to do it. And, and that that really was my path into the game is just that, you know, Ben Hogan, dig it out of the dirt kind of mentality. Yeah. And did I read, is this a, is this a true story? You mentioned that even through the winter, you'd be practicing and trying to get better. Did I read that you would purchase uh, a few balls here and there on eBay? I should send you a a photo after um, (laughs) this, this call, Micah. Um, Even to this day that that part of the obsession has stayed with me. So yeah, I was, I I had um, UPS guy delivering like boxes of three, 600 balls at a time, very beat up old range balls that at the time I found on eBay. And yeah, I, I did. I spent the winter. Um, I had moved in with my parents for a year after college and they had a, a perfectly sized field, um, you know, probably 250 plus yards. And yeah, I, I dug a little hole in the snow and I'd, I'd be out there every day, just, just hitting balls. And you know, now even at my house, I've I've only got about a hundred yards, but that that sort of is my little escape from work um, is just to kind of go out and, and pitch a few. So I still have a, a pretty good collection going of <laughs> of old range balls. <laughs> That's great. Well, send me a picture. I, I I'd love to see this. My um, not for the same reason, but my dad collects balls and is one of those guys that will go up to the course you know, after hours and knows the holes where there's a lot of balls and you go into his garage and there's there's a lot of balls in the garage. (laughs) I can relate. Yeah. You get the golf bug, you're pounding balls in the snow. uh, You're working on your game. You're figuring it out on your own. At what point are you saying to yourself, uh, I'm going to start entering tournaments? Um, So I think it was 08 that I, I kind of initially got into it. And it was 09 that I entered my first um, tournaments. You know, when I when I first got into it, quite honestly, I didn't know of the NHGA. Um, I didn't really, uh, I wasn't in that world, right? I didn't understand that there was this, you know, golf community out there and that there were these events. Um, and as a, you know, forever competitive person, uh, I just kind of stumbled into this outlet and feel very lucky in that sense. So yeah, me and some of those buddies that I mentioned, we actually made a bet that first year of, and I forget, I forget what was on the line, but it was who could break par first. Shout out to to Ben and Craig. I don't think they have yet. Um, <laughs> a decade later, um, but that was that. Quite honestly, that was part of the inspiration to um, you know work at it really hard over the winter and and came out you know by that following spring summer, um, you know I was able to on on a good day shoot par or eventually, um, you know, get under par. And so I, I kind of ran with it. I started um, entering events. My first tournament was a New Hampshire Stadium qualifier up at Eastman. And I remember showing up and feeling so incredibly out of place, um, you know, here at least um, to the eye were a bunch of of serious golfers. And, and you know, I kind of pulled in and 
had that moment of, you know, can everyone here tell that I don't belong? <laughs> you know, I, I, I shot something, I want to say 83 or 84. And I, I kind of drove home with my tail between my legs and said that maybe this isn't for me. You know, maybe I just kind of can't, can't handle the, the tournament um, life. Come to find out, I checked the scores when I get home. I I snuck in and um, you know made it to the state am and you know have, have played in it pretty much every year since. Wow! So th- that's I mean this is just remarkable. So you start later in life, you didn't play growing up, no lessons, and within a year or so, you've shot you shoot your first round under par. Yeah, and. I guess maybe coming at it from my perspective, it didn't feel very remarkable. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, I'm sure it takes a little bit longer when you're a kid, but you know, here I was at, at you know, 23 years old or something like that. And it had been playing sports my whole life. So I, I think I was more on the other side. Why did it take me so long? <laughs> um, it's that kind of game, right? You know, I could probably hit one good shot when I first started playing and, and like yep. most other golfers, you kind of wonder why you can't just hit everyone like that. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it did in, in retrospect, looking back, it did it did happen pretty quickly. But like anything else, plateau sets in. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're always we're all battling that. Let's talk about some of your wins. And I, I'm aware of some of them, but if I miss some of the big ones, I please fill in this because I want to, I want to, I want people to hear some of these big wins that you've had. So just recently this month, you won the stroke play championship by seven strokes. That's an interesting tournament in that. It's three days at three different courses. So your game's got to travel to different courses, which is pretty interesting. Um, You won that same event 10 years prior, and you've won the New Hampshire Mid-Am three times, including the last two. Uh, So you'll be the defending champion uh, this fall at Owl's Nest, I believe. What else would you add into your big wins um, beyond what I've just mentioned? Uh, no, you, you do good research, Mike. <laughs> no, I mean, I think you touched on, on really kind of the important stuff. Um, as far as wins go, I, I don't, you know, I kind of looking back now, a lot of my favorite weeks or events weren't those wins, which, you know, quite honestly, I'm a little surprised to hear myself say, but, you know, really it all kind of started for me in that 2012 stroke play win, um, which, which, as you said, you know, was 10 years ago, um, to, to finally get that again this year especially at the time, um, kind of the landscape of New Hampshire golf, that event was, you know, pretty much akin to the stadium. The same players were playing in at the field was, you know, big, strong. And back then it was four rounds. Um, so I always really enjoyed that one as an opportunity to kind of play like the guys on TV were right to, to get an opportunity to play a real four round event, which is pretty rare in, in amateur golf. So that was sort of, if you want to call it a breakthrough, um, you know, for me, I think coming into the game at a later age, for sure, I felt like an outsider. You know, I, I felt like there was no way that I could kind of compete with some of those names that I saw um, when I was first getting into it. Um, you know, certainly I'd show up at an event and, you know, you're always kind of measuring up a little bit. And I'd, I'd go down a range and think, um, you know, still, even in 2012, a little bit of what am I doing here? So that kind of gave me the confidence, I think. That same year, I qualified for the USGA Publinks, which they don't have anymore. But, you know, that was my first real taste of golf on a national scale. Um, and I think those two events really that year for me you know, we're a big turning point where I kind of finally got that, that feeling that I belonged and, you know, I could compete. Yeah. One thing 
uh, across the five tournament wins that I mentioned, one thing that um, one common factor in those wins is that they're all stroke play events, which clearly you clearly thrive in that. Talk to me. You you keep playing in the in the New Hampshire Am, which was you know a, a month or so ago at at Abenaki. You did well. You went pretty far. Talk to me about how when you're signing up for tournaments, not so much signing up when you're playing in these statewide tournaments, the mindset for you of a stroke play event versus a match play event. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I early on, I actually had some success in the match play in the state am. I think it was my, my second, second year, you know, playing in these tournaments. I want to say I made it to the round of 16 or quarterfinals, which was a big deal for me at the time. You know, again, I was, um, you know, just kind of so new to it, but over the years, I still haven't gotten that, that match play that state am win. And, you know, certainly I think there's a mindset difference between the two. I, I love match play. I love going head to head with someone, but there's something about a stroke play event that lasts for multiple rounds and multiple days that I, I kind of, I have confidence in, you know, that I can be consistent and, whether one round goes well or not, um, you know, I can kind of maintain a score close enough to par that I'll still have an opportunity to win. Um, certainly none of those those stroke play wins that you mentioned did I play good for for every round. Match play, I've had some heartbreakers where I have played great and went home. Um, so, you know, to me, I think still at this point, it's a small enough sample size that that's kind of what I chalk it up to. You know, I've I've been to the semis, three times now in the stadium, which is just, it's a lot of golf, right? Um, And you're bound to either run into a buzzsaw or play bad. Um, Some of those times when you don't play your best, the other guy plays a little bit worse and you make it through. And there's been times where, you know, I drive home feeling like I probably shot the second best round that day out there and I'm still the one packing my bag (laughs) going home. So it's a heartbreaker of an event. Um, but without question, the stadium is is my favorite event, you know, of the summer. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about your time spent on golf and, you know, how you approach it in terms of, you know, if you've got two or three hours, are you more apt to want to go play nine holes and work on your game that way? You you mentioned you you have a little area at your house to hit some balls, but how do you approach your time spent on golf? What do you like to do to keep getting better? Um, yeah, you know, when I when I got into the game and probably so for the first, you know, four or five years, um, you know, being kind of young and not having too many responsibilities and, and plenty of time. I mean, I practiced and I played um, a lot and, and and, you know, that was true probably until you know, I'll just kind of call it like 2013 or 2014. And I've regressed a little bit, to be honest. I don't practice very much. Um, I play a ton of tournament golf, but I don't play a whole lot outside of that. You know, I'm a couple times a week um, player. We have a group on Thursdays and Saturdays that I, you know, more often than not will play. And and usually that's it. I've never been a big nine hole player. If I've only got that much time, you know, I love, I still love to practice. Um, you know, I love to go to the range and hit balls. I love to chip and putt. And, and quite honestly, you can get a lot more out of it 
you know, if you're looking to prepare, um, you know, for tournament play than playing nine holes, my buddies know not to, to text me if they only want to go out for nine holes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, part of that is, you know, I love to play, um, but if you don't really have the time to get in a full round of golf, which, which is tough, right. You know, I'm, I'm happy to, to head over to the course and, um, you know, get an hour or two in of practice. Now yeah. that said, it's pretty rare that I actually do that. Um, <laughs> but really I think I found over the years, um, a, a little bit of just kind of a method that works for me. And that is, you know, I, I go pretty hard before a tournament, um, you know, not necessarily practicing, but certainly playing. And then I'll shut it down after the, um, stadium this year. I'm not sure I, I touched a club for a couple weeks. Um, so that kind of allows me to have that balance, um, you know, check off a lot of those boxes that that don't get checked with work and home life, um, you know, when you're off playing in all these events. But yeah, I, I think I certainly practice a lot less now than a lot of, um, you know, just general club friends that I have. So I try to get a lot more out of it, right? I try to be kind of more purposeful maybe than I used to be. Less about, you know, kind of going and ripping through a bucket of balls and, and trying to kind of identify the parts of your game that, um, you know, are weak or you just want to pay some attention to. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of your game, tell me a little bit about what some of the strengths are of your game and what parts of your game are you working on? Yeah. I mean, I think probably, um, ball striking is a strength, you know, not in the sense that, that I hit, you know, any great shots that anybody would, um, be overly impressed with individually, but as a whole, you know, uh, throughout a round of golf, you know, I generally have kind of small misses, I like to work the ball around. So I like to, to kind of shape it in both directions. Yeah. And I think just over time, short game has always been my weakness, you know, especially putting. And over the years I've, I've kind of fixed that. Um, there are days when I actually putt really well now. And, and in general, it's kind of the, the not glamorous parts of the game as to why I think I've continued to improve over the years. Things like pace and lag putting on greens. Um, that's where you save a lot of strokes, right? Yeah. And that, at the yeah. end of the day, we're, we're just trying to shoot a number and it's a numbers game. So uh, a great drive is, is impressive, but a lag putt from 30 feet to where you're not putting any stress on the next one works just as well. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of what I've, I've gotten better at over the years. Yeah. Is, you know, kind of that, that low hanging fruit, um, the stuff that maybe isn't that fun to practice, but, you know, being, being good inside of five feet on the greens and having good, good pace, uh, I think really is, has uh, been a big improvement for me. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about what's in the bag. It's a question I'm asking folks on the show. Uh, just walk me through what you're playing right now, starting with driver, and we'll just go down to through putter. <laughs> it's an interesting one with me. I just finally got some new clubs. Um, they haven't made it into my bag yet, but um, I've been playing. So I'll start with driver. I've got a Titleist. I'm not a I'm not a gearhead, as you're about to find out. A few years old, TS3 maybe. I just did get as part of this kind of new club. I, I went and got fit this year. Um, I got an Epic uh, Five Wood, which is the one new club that has made it into the bag. And you, you'll see, I have absolutely no brand loyalty. From there, <laughs> I've got a Titleist uh, Driving Iron Three Iron. I've got a Srixon Z Subs Four Driving Iron. And then I have AP2s from um, 5-iron through to 7-iron. 
And then I've got muscle back Titleist 8 to wedge. Then I have a gap wedge 52 degree Titleist. And then I have a 6056 Callaway uh, jaws wedges. And then I've got a tailor made spider putter. So, I mean, I'm in (laughs) waiting for the sponsorship, right? (laughs) There's a lot of companies that are that. I mean, you could have multiple sponsorships with that lineup, right? Now, what's the, what's the new stuff coming in? Yeah. So I got, um, Mizuno JPX tour irons. Um, I, I think I'm going to like them, but I've been playing those, those Titleist irons that exact same set since 2014. Um, so they're beat up, but I know them very well. Um, I've hit a lot of balls with those clubs. So there's a little adjustment, um, you know, feel wise, but, but hopefully I'll actually work them into the bag, you know, this, this summer or fall. Good. And what do you play for a ball? Uh, Pro V1X. And how do you mark your ball? That's a good question. I um, I started marking it a little bit differently, maybe a few years ago. And as silly as this sounds, I, I really think it's made me a better putter. I, I have one of those things you put on the outside of the ball and, you know, have two lines, basically almost like a cross with a short one and a long one. And alignment is just something that, that I'd always kind of struggled with on the green. And I feel a little bit like it should be cheating, you know, that, that you can line up your putt before you line it up. And all you have to do at that point is kind of stand up and hit it. So, um, yeah, always a blue marker and always with that same kind of cross line. And are you, are you using those lines to line up the ball from 30 feet? And even if you've got a two and a half footer. Yep. Always. Yeah. Every length. Um, I think what I've actually gotten a little bit better at over the, you know, last year or two is, um, really being accurate with that line. Um, I'm a pretty casual field player. Um, so it's not really in my nature to, to back off, reset, realign it. I've been trying at least in tournament golf to get a little bit more diligent about that. So when I get over it, um, I'm not just using the line as a reference point, but Hey, I should probably be hitting it a little bit further left. Cause I know it's not really lined up quite right. You know, I've been trying to take the time to step off and, and really get it lined up so that, you know, when I get over the putt, you know, it's more just let it be feel, um, and pace and kind of trust that you're aligned. Right. Yep. Uh, this next little section I call gimme. So these are short, hopefully straightforward questions. Do you have a favorite course in New Hampshire? Oh, Baker Hill, without a doubt. That's uh, that would be my answer, and that that course comes up so far a number of times. Yeah, to um, any of your listeners, um, if you ever an opportunity to go play there, take it. Yeah, agreed. Um, favorite club in your bag right now? Uh, the Strixon Four Iron. Uh, multiple choice um, about a favorite shot you might hit. So a smoked driver, a flush mid iron. Or making a long putt. Oof. It's got to be the putt, right? Um, neither one of those first two result in a in a score necessarily. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll take the putt every day. Yeah, good answer. Any current favorite players on the PGA or LPGA tours that you really like? That's tough when we're saying current. I mean, I'm a Tiger guy, um, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by that and call him current ish. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's still my favorite. Um, you know, there, there's kind of nothing that, at least since I've been watching golf, has has compared to to him in his prime. Yeah, I would agree with that. He's um, I've been on the Tiger 
bandwagon since the 97 masters which to me feels like happened a couple of years ago um <laughs> and followed all the ups and downs most of the ups for all that time and the great return of the 19 masters and hopefully hopefully we'll see you know another return and hopefully soon i'd love to see him get number 83 i'm not giving up just yet yeah good and then last question in this section is there a course on your bucket list anywhere in the country or frankly in the world that you would really love to play that you've not yet played this is my answers are brutal to these questions with Tiger and my next one, which is Augusta. I mean, it's all the obvious, obvious stuff. Right. But, um, you know, for sure, that's the dream. Um, yeah. I, you know, I don't watch all the events on TV, but I, I don't miss a master's. Um, so, yeah, that, that's certainly my choice. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then my last question is sort of the, the big one. You got into this game a little bit later than most people. But since then, as you said, you've got the bug and you've had a very successful uh, career and golf's a big part of your life. What is it about the game of golf that you love so much? Oh, that's a, that's a big question. <laughs> um, you know, I, I certainly can't narrow it down. I think, um, you know, for me originally, what, what got me into it um, was just that, that love or obsession with trying to figure it out. Um, you know, as you know, as a, as kind of a lifer, it doesn't stop. Um, you know, it's that kind of constant search, um, you know, you always think you're finding it, but you're not. Um, and so that pursuit, I think is, is what has kind of kept me engaged, interested, obsessed, you know, with the game for so long. Um, but it's also that, that competitive aspect. I spent my whole life, you know, playing competitive sports prior to, you know, getting out of college. And there was certainly a little bit of a moment there of kind of what next, um, and, I'm just so grateful that I found golf and, you know, the New Hampshire Golf Association, you know, to kind of feed that, that competitive fire, if you will. Um, and, and then, you know, really to, to, to make it a, a long winded answer, it's, it's the friends I've made too. I mean, I've had, um, you know, just some incredible opportunities over the years. Um, you know, I, I've, I've made great friends just, you know, from playing in all these events, you know, from, from my home course they used to have a, a, the USGA used to have a state team and I kind of alluded to it when you were speaking about the wins earlier, not necessarily being, you know, my most memorable or even my favorite, you know, golf events. It, it's things like those team events. So that was a three people from every state in the country would go out and, you know, play some great USGA track. And you know, I, I went to three of them and they were I would say without question, the best three weeks of of my golfing life. The New Hampshire Golf Association has tri-state matches um, every fall, which is New Hampshire and Maine and Vermont all kind of battling it out Ryder Cup style. Those are the other favorite weeks. Um, so, you know, that's probably the part of the game that has surprised me most. It's certainly not why I got into it. It's certainly not why I got obsessed. Um, but at the end of the day, when I look back on it, you know, that's that's one of the biggest takeaways for sure. Yeah. No, that's great. And just to wrap up, as you, you know, we're late August, as we look toward the fall, what events are are on your calendar that you're going to be playing in? Yeah, um, for sure. It's, you know, the Tri-States, as I just mentioned, is coming up in the fall um, in September. And then it's the New Hampshire Mid-Am, which is at Owl's Nest this year. You know, I, I wait all year for the tournaments to come and it, it feels like, you know, it's middle of June to middle of August and then they're done. Um, so that's really it. Um, for the the rest of the year and and I'm looking forward to both 
Where tell me a little bit more about the tri-states. I've heard about it, but um, for those listeners who may not be familiar, um, tell me the format and how many people are on the teams and where is it being held this year? Sure. So like I said, it's every fall um, and it's Maine, New Hampshire and Vermont. I believe the other two state associations um, approach it the same way that New Hampshire does, and that is with a point system. Um, so it encourages players to get out and play in these events. Um, and, you know, it's kind of what it sounds like. You finish in, um, you know, exposition and you get, you know, a certain number of points and, and that runs throughout the, the whole year. There's 10 regular players. There's four seniors. And the matches themselves rotate each year per state. So this year, Vermont is hosting the matches at Manchester Country Club in Vermont. And the format is alternate shot the first day, which is a really fun experience, right? Because you're playing against both states at the same time. So you're out on a tee box with five other people, um, you know, playing in a, in a match against Vermont and against Maine at the same time. Giving putts in match play can get a little awkward, as you might have <laughs> when you need to, to get it from both states. And then the second day is just straight up singles. We do have a practice round, you know, to start on Friday. And, you know, there's generally festivities throughout the weekend. Um, New Hampshire treats us really good, generally, you know, puts us up in a house, you know, so that's really where you get to to know some of these people that to that point, you know, you've, you've maybe just, just seen at a tournament or just played a couple tournament rounds with, you know, and you have a few beers and, and hang out with somebody for a whole weekend, you really get to know them. And that's where yeah. a lot of the friendships get built. Yeah, that's great. Well, good luck in that. And good luck in the mid-am. I'll, um, I'm scheduled to be at the mid-am. So I'm going to look for you on the range and and say hi and try not to be too intimidated. <laughs> that, that, that'd be great, Micah. Um, you know, I, I really look forward to that one. It's a, it's a fun event and, and look forward to seeing you there. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Ryan. I enjoyed this. Uh, It was great talking to you. And again, good luck uh, in your events this fall. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Granite State Golfers is produced by Dew Sweeper Productions. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, tee it up, have fun, and go low.